Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan and Cassidy Zachary. Well, hello, dress listeners. Hello, April. How hello. are you today? I'm good. I have to say, um, it's a little bit of a scorcher out here in New York City. I went on a little bit of a historical walking tour this morning before we recorded. So I had to come in and fan myself off. How about you? <laughs> a very good and um, hot morning, I suppose. I haven't quite been outside yet, but it looks to be a warm day. I'm actually hoping since I have you here and you don't have a certain new member of your family with you, (laughs) can you please tell our dress listeners about the new member of the dress team? Yes. Well, her name is Clementine Vidalia and uh, she is a French bulldog and she is 11 weeks old. And let's just say, dress listeners, if any of you have ever had a puppy that young, you know (laughs) that you have to watch them every single second. And that if it gets too quiet for more than about 20 seconds or so, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, something bad is happening. So it's been a little bit of a struggle for Cass and I, like scheduling recording time, because we're still at home, right? Yeah. Recording from home. So let's just say that it's going to take a village um, (laughs) of people that I'm going to enlist to watch the little monster before she's old enough to stay home. And also, I just want to say that my very much beloved French bulldog passed away. Gigi passed away in December. Oh, that was rough. Like, we actually moved into a bigger apartment because I needed an office to record. And, And also, then she passed away the next week, and it was... December was not my month. No. Let's just say that. But we do. We love Gigi. Oh, my God. Gigi was such an amazing dog. We love Gigi and we love Clementine. And you're going to have to post a photo because she is the most adorable little (laughs) pink pup that you've ever seen. Yeah, we will. (laughs) So we're going to start today by reading some listener mail. We love, love hearing from you guys. You write to us from all over the world and we do our absolute best to write you back. Um, A couple weeks back, Deborah Egan wrote to us and and said the sweetest thing. She said, when I need a ray of sunshine in my life, I listen to your podcast and I am transported to a happy and sophisticated place. And then she goes on to say that she's, um, over the years, she's written a few poems about fashion and she was kind enough to share them with us. And I wanted to share them um, with you you hear. Well, one of her poems in particular, she gave me permission to share. It's called Hand Me Downs. Um, I'm not a poet. I don't uh, read poetry out loud. So forgive me if this is not (laughs) poetic in my delivery, but I will do my best. So she writes, hand me down clothes should be called something else. Like, please don't do without. Let me help you out. Or better yet, love passed onward and forward through the human chain. Or simply, love shares. And I just absolutely love that poem because it's so much about, um, you know, kind of like that heirloom factor, right? That Mm -hmm. passing on of clothing that, um, 
you know, really what we imbue in our clothing, you know, as we talk about so many times, it's our clothing, what we put on our bodies is so much more than kind of this functional garment. So thank you for sharing your poetry with us, Deborah. And we really appreciate it and loved hearing from you. Why are you trying to make me cry on the podcast, Cass? (laughs) I know. Isn't it beautiful? It's such a beautiful poem. (laughs) I think the only other time maybe that I got all teary and this wasn't even teary. We we were full on crying in the studio was when we did the Elizabeth Keckley episode. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was you, me, and Holly, and we were all crying. And then Casey had to bring us tissues. Yeah. Or was it Noel? One of the two. They had to bring us like Kleenexes into the studio. (gasps) Yeah. This is crying for a different reason though. Right. Yes. Yes. yes, So this is very beautiful and we appreciate all of you and yeah. Keep that listener mail coming. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have, um, on this on that same note, something really beautiful that happened. And more than one of you sent this to us. So this also qualifies as listener mail. A couple weeks ago, um, members of the Polish parliament, uh, particularly many female members of the Polish parliament, protested the swearing in of homophobic President Andrzej Duda, um, who said this during his campaign. He said that LGBTQ plus individuals are, quote, not people. Oh. It's an ideology. Um, So these um, female members of parliament, largely female members, um, decided that they were going to stand in solidarity with the Polish LGBTQ community. And on the day of his swearing in, they all wore suits that were in shades of the rainbow. And then they organized themselves as to how they were seated in the pattern of a rainbow. And then they wore rainbow masks as well. Because, of course, this was still obviously where we're wearing masks. But um, many of you got that immediately. And some of you immediately referenced the um, dressing to protest episode. And so, yeah, I thought that was some really great listener mail. And also, thank you. Ladies, very much. Yep. Again, the power of clothing without having to say a word. It just says so incredibly much. So Mm -hmm. what a beautiful testament. So I have a couple what to watch recommendations. Uh, A lot of us are spending time at home. Some of us are watching things over and over. Some of us are learning new, um, learning about new shows to watch. I, for one, have just learned about a new show that's been around for a couple years now. April, have you heard of Black Girl in a Big Dress? I have not, but I want to watch it now. Tell me. So it's this web series that's created by Adrea Walden. It has two seasons and the episodes are are pretty short. They're like five to 10 minutes each. So you can watch both seasons, which is what I did. I just like sat down and watched both seasons. I had no idea what it was. I started watching it and I watched all of it. It's it's a really, really fun show. She basically, um, she's the writer, creator, and star of the show. And she describes it as an African-American Anglophile cosplayer in love with the Victorian era who's trying to bring a fantasy courtship from her reenactment events into the real world. So (laughs) Adria stars as the black girl in a big dress. Um, And it's exactly as it sounds. It's this woman wearing this huge, like, 1860s, I guess, dress. Um, It's got the giant crinoline, you know, the corseted waist. It's in a really beautiful, I think the first season, I I think it's like this beautiful teal color. Um, And she plays Adrian, who's really navigating the world of dating in her everyday life. And then like 
navigating that with her like cosplay love um, and her passion and how, you know, people see her passion. Some think it's silly and frivolous. They don't understand. She's very much enamored with this gentleman that she meets um, at one of these cosplay events called Lord Fitza, I think is his name. Um, He's like the stuffy Lord Darcy type, um, very (laughs) handsome and dashing. And she's like um, very, and the way she talks and everything, her affectations, she's a super into the Victorian era. I don't know how Um, I've not heard this because this is exactly up both of our alleys. Yes. And you, like I said, you can get off this podcast today and go watch it because it's so fun. Um, she did an interview with Frock Flicks. I don't know if our listeners are familiar with Frock Flicks, but they review um, historical accuracy in films. So that's a really fun website. And she talks about the challenges of, you know, being a Black woman um, who's interested in the Victorian era, having to defend that um, interest. She says one of the challenges is that most people are often still looking for these quote-unquote familiar, diverse stories. You know, they're looking for stories of a more stereotypical Black experience. They're looking for stories that feature hip-hop rap or set in the inner city or that use lots of pop urban dialogue. And I think those stories are awesome, but they're just not my experience. And the fact that they're not my experience is often very confusing to people. And I made Black Girl in a big dress to have a change to just be totally me on the page and on screen and to bring light to the fact that there's diversity within diversity and that some of us Black girls like putting on big dresses and English accents, (laughs) fantasizing about our country estates. (laughs) So it's such a fun and lighthearted series. And I highly, highly recommend that our listeners watch it. Cool. Well, I have a recommend, maybe not necessarily watch, but follow. It's an Instagram follow. Cass, have you heard about this Instagram account, which is at want show as young? No. Okay. So this is super fabulous. Um, Some of you out there may already know about this because I think the New York Times did a little bit of a blurb about them recently. So in Taiwan, there is this laundry um, called the Wan Show Laundry, and it's oh yes, ru- yes, yes, I did yeah, hear about this. Right, yes. right. So it's so it's owned and run by Chang Wanji. I'm sorry, guys, if I am butchering this pronunciation. And also Xu Shehe, and respectively, they are 84 and 83. They have been together for 61 years, running this laundry. Um, and Xu has apparently been managing the laundry since he was 14. Wow. Right. So this is like this is what they've been doing together. Together for so long. And their grandson, Reef Chang, who's 31, ha- comes out and helps them occasionally in the laundry. And when business slowed down during the pandemic, he became a little bit worried about his grandparents. He was like, they didn't have anything to do. I saw how bored they were. Like, I wanted to brighten them, their lives. So basically, he came up with the idea that he could convince his grandparents to try on all the clothing that had been abandoned at the laundry that people hadn't picked up or paid for and that he was going to style them and create an Instagram account. (laughs) (laughs) And it is so charming. It is so lovely. Like you can see his grandparents are having a blast doing it. He's like, you know, giving them like crazy sunglasses and like really fun hats and accessories and like rolling up his grandfather's pants and like, it's, it's really, really great. And now at this point, they have 652,000 followers as of this morning <laughs> when I checked. So get on board, folks. 
it's really fun. Oh yeah. They don't have a, they don't have like a ton, ton, ton of posts, but what's there is it's just really sweet and really special. Yeah. And very again, lighthearted and um just a, a beautiful testament to you know, their love story and mm-hmm. this love of fashion too, which is so awesome. Yeah. And do you, um, and do you uh, on that note of a love story, do you want to tease an upcoming episode perhaps that you are working on right now? Um, let's just say I'm doing something about advanced love. <laughs> yeah. Advanced love. Keep it in your mind. Look forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Coming soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> Um, something I also want to recommend that our listeners watch is April. Have you watched Mucho Mucho Amor yet on Netflix? I started and then I have a puppy who <laughs> is very bitey. So I haven't finished it yet. <gasps> okay. It's a documentary on Netflix about Walter Mercado, who is a beloved Puerto Rican psychic and astrologer. And he is such an incredible figure, you know, and it's really this testament to him and and this celebration of his life and career. Uh, He was on television. So he was, you know, in people's homes. They have people like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's on there, who meets him for the first time. And he just like grew, so many people grew up watching uh, Walter Mercado. And every single show that he had ends with this beautiful testament, mucho, mucho amor. And um, that is what the documentary is titled. And it's just an incredible documentary. And also, obviously, he has incredible incredible costumes. His signature is these capes, these huge capes that are made by, you know, he commissions them from people like Valentino. There's all kinds of different colors, um, fabrics. They're wonderful. And he's wonderful. And I highly recommend you watch it. Yeah. Extra with a little dash of extra on top is how I would describe his sense of style. Okay, so I have a couple more things. Um, Also, oh, I guess this technically also qualifies as listener mail. And this was maybe published a couple of weeks ago. Now, by the time that this comes out, there is an article in the New York Times Magazine called Sweatpants Forever. Right. And it's by Irina Alexander. (laughs) And I cannot recommend reading this enough. We are not actually going to go into crazy detail about what is covered in this article because it's very lengthy. It's really well done. But basically, it is this examination of the current state of contemporary fashion, where we are and where we're headed, and it over the last 15 years. So it kind of starts, um, it's like history component in 2005. But also the really interesting thing about what she did with this article is she also examines this whole kind of like 15-year period through the lens of one particular designer, Scott Sternberg, and like his experiences during this time. So Scott was the designer of the much beloved and kind of cult Band of Outsiders. Mm, Um, And Band of Outsiders kind of out of nowhere shuttered its doors in 2015, despite the fact that they were very much loved and and seemingly on the surface to a lot of people doing well, apparently not. So she kind of uses his experience and uh, his career trajectory to kind of tease out all these bigger issues because um, recently, a couple of years ago, Scott, who is 
both a designer, but also his, um, he studied economics in college, not design at all. After a band of outsiders folded for economic reasons, basically he started this new company called Entire World. And they do basics, kind of like really nice, maybe slightly mid to high end basics. So they do sweatpants, they do shirts, t-shirts, socks, tank tops. They do a couple of like little like, you know, button up dresses for ladies. Um, And during the pandemic, they had an explosion. They were selling out of everything. And so the point of the article kind of is that, and, and Sternberg says at one point that right now, two years in, compared to Band of Outsiders, who was like this, you know, they, they won, he won the CFDA award for this like more than once. Like yeah. it was, it was a fashion darling brand, like kind of a young upstart for a while. But um, his point was, is that entire world selling sweatpants is doing eight times the business now that Band of Outsiders did at the same two-year mark. Um, so it's a really fascinating article. And I'm going to encourage you all to go read it for yourselves. Um, but before we stop talking about this, there was one quote that I wanted to mention, which is actually from Mark Jacobs. And uh, back in April, there was this whole series of online events sponsored by Vogue called Global Conversations. And Mark Jacobs had some really interesting things to say. And I'm going to quote him here. He says, we've done everything to such excess that there is no consumer for all of it. Everyone is exhausted by it. The designers are exhausted by it. The journalists are exhausted from following it. When you're just told to produce, to produce, 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 it's like having a gun to your head and saying, you know, dance monkey. So go read the article. It's a little sad. It's a little depressing. It's a little hopeful. And it's long. So take some time, but it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, basically there's so many articles out there right now and people just really considering where is fashion going to go? How, you know, this pandemic's really outlined all of or exacerbated, I should say, all that's wrong with the fashion industry. It's really brought it to the surface in all Mm -hmm. these really interesting ways. So, um, you know, I know know one of the questions in conversation is, you know, will the pandemic kill the fashion trend? And that's basically what it sounds like this article is talking about. If you're adopting kind of you know, sweatpants as your everyday outfit, are you going to need to follow fashion anymore? So definitely, definitely we'll check that out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And while we're talking about things to wear April, I'm not sure if you know, but have you ever considered wearing Chipotle? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to think I'm going to say hard no, no matter what happens. Well, uh, it's, guess it's not exactly what it sounds like, but <laughs> a couple weeks ago, or maybe longer, I didn't actually check the date, uh, but I came across this article that Chipotle Mexican Grill, yes, that Chipotle is launching a line of clothing items, um, but it's actually surprising in that it's responsibly sourced apparel. It's made with a organic cotton and it features an open looped line of Chipotle apparel, right? So it's dyed actually with upcycled avocado pits from its mm, restaurants, which I thought was super interesting. So they are actually one of the largest avocado consumers in the world. They consume um, or their customers consume over 300 million avocados a year. Wow. So that's one restaurant chain, by the way. So I mean, when we start talking about 
production chain. It just gets crazy. But so that's 300 million pits, right? So basically, you know, they use it in their famous guacamole, but these pits can be simmered in water to create a sustainable plant-based dye. Um, and so uh, their website says, fans can now look as fresh as Chipotle's real ingredients in the versatile <laughs> collection. <laughs> oh my God, and to they, be a fly on the wall when they were writing that marketing copy, right? Yeah, um, but I thought it was really cool that they're doing that. I think more companies should, you know, figure out ways to be more sustainable and to recycle the products, their waste, you know. And actually, I don't know if our listeners have ever considered this, but avocado dyeing, as with many things, is something you can actually do yourself at home. Um, you know, Chipotle talks about it taking about five pits to create enough dyes. So save your avocado pits. Um, there's plenty of recipes online and you can follow and get inspiration from accounts on Instagram, for instance, from people like the Dogwood. Dyer, and then at Botanical Links, which is actually also a book of the same name by Babs Bahan. So, you know, it's just something really fun that you can do at home um, yeah. with your uh, otherwise compost. Yeah. And and if you do execute this, please send us photos. Yeah. Yeah. We will post them in our stories. That would be amazing. I don't know if you've seen it, April, people who do like the pressed flower dye. Oh, like yeah. Press flower onto your clothes. So beautiful. I always We've say had I'm, some workshops at FIT on that. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah, send us inspirational photographs. Maybe I'll actually try my hand at it sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. So last thing that I have is very quick. And uh, dress listeners, if you're a regular listener to the show, you're going to know the name I'm about to say. And perhaps some of you are about to get very excited. So um, during, you know, all of this that's going on and FIT has now decided that we are operating remotely for the fall semester, um, lots of very fun, innovative projects have been popping up on our end to keep everybody and our patrons entertained. And Cass, the museum at FIT has launched a collection of paper dolls of Valerie Steele. Which I saw that. <laughs> it's so charming <laughs> and so very fun. Um, you guys know that we have referenced her so many times on the show because she is like a pillar of our, our contemporary fashion history, fashion studies community. She has written now officially 31 books. Wow. Um, so who but Val you know, deserves her own paper doll set. So you can dress her up in Charles James dresses. You can dress her up in Alexander McQueen. You can dress her up in Junior Watanabe. And of course, Cassidy's favorite, Paul Paré. And it's very cool because you could just Google it. I'm not going to give you the full website because it's a little complicated, but you could just Google Valerie Steele, and that's S-T-E-E-L-E, -E -E, um, paper dolls, and it'll come right up. You can actually print yours out and then use them you know, like, in real life that way. Or there's also like a digital um, component too, where you can just dress her up digitally as well. So, so, so cool. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was in a collaboration with their, their 50 years, the museum at FIT exhibit too, right? A lot of those pieces were featured in the exhibition. Yes. All of the clothes are actually in the collection at the museum at FIT. So, oh my gosh. I mean, I guess, you know, you've made it then if you are a <laughs> paper doll. <laughs> That's my new life goal. Not, is to not be that a we paper didn't doll. already know that about her. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, on that note, dress listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week. And we will catch you Tuesday for our full length episode. 
Yes. And we will see you then. And before we sign off, thank you as always to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio that makes the show possible each week. Catch you Tuesday. Dress, the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.